Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it is time for... Winner, winner, no winning, no chicken dinner. Sounds fun. No chicken dinner, no, no chicken winner. Dinner. No winners, no winners. Who's the winner it's... here, George? Oh my God, this Trudeau thing this morning that broke out with this protesters cornering him at a restaurant. I mean, because uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday he was speaking, saying Israel, you know, we got to be careful about, you know, Hamas and the Palestinians and we need to find a solution, kind of making it look like he was sort of saying, pull off, you know, from from uh, what's going on. And, you know, uh, it. and then he goes to a restaurant in Vancouver and, and the pro-Palestinians corner him, literally, you know, corner him. So this, this is, is not for cool, me, by the way. That's a whole right, other not, subject we can get into. Uh, but just on this specifically about, you know, choosing, you can't choose all sides. Uh, before we yeah. go to the deeper political. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Everybody who's not watching, uh, we just got some balloons, which completely inappropriate. I, I do not um, know on, <laughs> what Jody's is happening. Zoom. Um, anyways. I've literally tried every setting on the a virtual virtual. You're killing me. I'm going to figure out why. Cause apparently when I put hearts on my forehead too, I get hearts. So there you go. It's quite interesting. And, uh, I've tried everything to stop this. It's right driving. Time. Okay. So let me go back to the serious conversation yes. that we were yes. having there off the top. Yeah. Um, people who want to attack leaders, people who want to attack people online, that's one thing, you know, my stance on that. I think online mm -hmm. harassment should be criminal. That should come with swift and meaningful punishment. But this is an example of the rhetoric firing up people, causing it to be a thing. And then people thinking, you know what? I'm going to take it into my own hands and I'm going to go where this person is and I'm going to harass them in person. Like there needs to be, there needs to be some way of not just arresting and charging these people, but for these people to actually have consequences that are a deterrent for this behavior because we're seeing it all over the planet this is not a canada yeah. problem this is not no. a trudeau problem this is not even a political problem this is uh, a lost genome something something's broken in society where people think they can go rushing into a restaurant or rushing into any public place and just go at someone else in this way yeah. and this was not just one person this was a group of people and yep. it's like cornering Organized. students in a university and the, because they're jewish come on what is going on like and how do we can we put this toothpaste back in the tube i don't think we can i think this is just terrifying no no so it's in and, and having been a politician very seldom do you get people coming and saying good job <laughs> first of all you weren't but, popular george uh, well i mean i you know you just people don't it's like anything i mean i was praised by a british mom so compliments were not <laughs> were never quite right. it was like, far that's between. really good george but um yeah. so but what did you why didn't you get that other four percent yeah exactly so i'm used to that uh, certainly as a, it gave me a good skills as a politician to never expect compliments but i never got well i, I did we did get chased down the street uh, yeah. when we were in council by protesters uh, and had to hide. And that was an experience. And I wasn't scared, but it was definitely, uh, you could see how it could intensify. There was a, the security, the good job of keeping them there, away from us. So I just think this, you know, and one of the things, I, I've created this thing called the Campaign University, as you know. Right. And Talk part of the whole point bit. of it. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a training program and a, and a place for, 
you know, I, I created it because I wanted to encourage good people to run for office. I don't care where you are in the political spectrum. What I found, and this is today's example of why people do not want to run for office, because why would I want to be chased in at a restaurant or harassed in public or, and I'm just doing public service? Why would I put, you know, I'm not a movie star. I'm not, I'm not, it's like, I'm not getting rich off this. I'm just trying to give back to my community, which most politicians are. I know you may think they're not, and you may not agree with them. But majority of people I have ever met in politics are really doing it for the right reasons. And to disagree with them politically is one thing, but to charge after them in a restaurant or harass them in an elevator okay. like Christian Freeland was last year right? in Alberta. These are, these are, you know, this is not cool. And uh, it's scaring off great people running for office, which is kind of what I'm trying to encourage because I want democracy to work. And with democ for democracy to work, you need to stop letting idiots run for office and do stupid yeah. things, which there are a lot of examples of that in the world, not naming any names, but let's just say there's a lot of, I mean, in America, there was fistfights breaking out in, in, in government. I mean, literally fistfights happening in America in office. This is craziness. Like, it's crazy. Going on? We saw a senator in a hearing yesterday. I don't know if you saw this one, but we yeah. saw a senator in a hearing yesterday going, you want to go? Let's go. Yeah, you want to go like, outside in the parking lot. And Bernie Literally. Sanders like, sit down, you're a senator. And he's like, well, <laughs> I'm from Iowa. You can't take the Iowa boy. Oh. Out of. It's like, come on. But, you know, maybe he was so uh, intimidated or so being harassed, you know, by, I don't know, you know, this is the thing and you, and things happen in office and you get, you have, you know, in, you have the question period, you have the silliness that happens. And of course you can disagree with that. And public in, in the case of city councils come and they, they're really quite close to you. They, where I sat in city council, yeah. I was right there beside the people. Like I, they could touch, they could touch me, you know, as far as, you know, they could reach out to me and, and it's fine. Um, but they got intense and they could tell us what they think. And that was fine. Um, that's, that's different though. Like yeah. public discourse, like debate discourse, and even frustration with the process is totally allowed. Listen, mm -hmm. George, you know, you and I have lots of people who don't agree with us. Lots of people who don't agree with us, who listen every week and yell at their radio or yell at their TV screen or yell at their phone while they're listening to this. Yeah. And that's healthy. They can disagree. We can disagree. We often disagree and still get mm -hmm. along. That's what's lost here. It's like, you need to pick a side. And if you're not on my side, then you don't deserve to be comfortable and safe and secure and fed and warm. Like it's just this mm -hmm. so whole concept of, of wiping another off the face of the planet, which by the way, is the point that people are now really trying to hammer home in the conflict in the Middle East to like just shift it back there because the sides that are being taken here and you and I have gently weighed in because we're definitely not experts on what's happening here, mm -hmm. but the whole world should agree that what Hamas did on October 7th is not okay on any spectrum, any level. And to see LGBTQ2 plus people marching with pro-Palestinian signs clearly don't understand. They've picked a side that would, if they lived in Gaza, they'd be, they'd be jailed if not killed. Like yeah, it's, it's, there's it's this lost there's this lost awareness of fact, like there's this, this alternative facts. What did, what did that guy uh, call them? Uh, early days of the Trump presidency. It's like, well, I mean, uh, alternative facts. It's like, no, there are facts and there's fiction. And we're all looking at the facts of the matter. And we should do that in, in our everyday lives all the way up until how we consume things. So your opinion mm -hmm. 
how you feel about something, how I feel about towers versus how you feel about towers. These are opinions. Facts are towers house more people. Uh, it can also for some feel like warehousing for people. Those mm -hmm. are facts, depending on what the tower looks like. There's a lot of there's a right place and a wrong place for them. Exactly. And so on and context so context matters. Mm -hmm. Context matters. So, yep. but going back to the popularity piece, like Trudeau becomes incredibly unpopular because he weighs in on how what is happening with regard to the Israeli Hamas war, because that's what it is. It's not well, Israel. Yeah, he's he's waiting on both sides. He's waiting. I mean, obviously, he's being most Western governments are being pressured by the Palestinian supporters saying you need to demand peace and this yeah, is outrageous what's happening and then and but most governments have sided with Israel saying no we gotta this is not cool and so Trudeau's kind of trying to do both whereas uh, government we're supporting Israel uh and what they're doing but on the other hand we're not we don't we think maybe they've gone too far so but then you end up having Israelis and people <laughs> just being mad at you and then you have people from the Palestinian side uh, cornering you in a restaurant. So, you know, it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too in politics. No. You generally have to choose a side um, or just don't say anything. I mean, Let's which is worse about, sometimes. Let's talk about municipal politics for a second, just on the on yeah. the popularity piece, like trying to be all things to all people. Are we seeing a little bit of that in Vancouver? Mm. Yeah, we've talked about this for the year that to ABC who you know took took power last year at this time, and they dominate all three levels of government in Vancouver. And a, a poll came out today from uh, and uh, Conseco, you know, saying that uh, they're uh, sixty percent don't support ABC and what they've done. Sixty, sixty, and and it's because it's the same thing in my mind. And I've said this: you, you in that first year, you got to make some tough decisions. You have to show where your strengths are. Uh, I think a lot of people assume they'd come hardcore under the budget and find cuts and bring our taxes down. Instead, they brought in the highest tax increase in generations. Uh, and it looks like, we don't know because we haven't seen them in the full budget yet, um, that the next tax increase is going to be somewhere between 7 and 10%, when the rate of inflation now is back down to 4%. So, uh, you know, this is, so they haven't done that. They gave everything to everybody who ever asked. They basically just like wrote, opened the checkbook and wrote checks for everything, even though, the last several years, we've had to do that because of COVID. Not a lot of cash available on any level of government right now. That's why we have inflation. Uh, we talked about that way back at the beginning of COVID. And I said, yeah, all this did. money spending is going to lead to huge inflation because when you make come... it, print money, yeah. you create inflation in the future. So uh, the, the the thing is here we have now we're a year and they got three years left. They got time uh, to turn things around, but they don't have a lot of money. To turn things around they they haven't they didn't do those cuts and those hard ass things in the beginning uh and now they have nowhere to go uh unless suddenly the economy switches over and we become massively affluent again and all this cash starts rolling in i don't see that happening the 2020 the prediction for 2024 is a recession full recession things not getting back to late 2025 the next election is 2026 so you're looking at a two-year downturn uh in a time when a party should be building itself up and they have nowhere to go and so it's going to be interesting and i saw that uh, the team party submitted a, a application to elections bc this is the party that ran against abc in vancouver about some discrepancies Hardwick, right yeah colleen hardwick yeah. and uh bill tillman well-known political pundit um and ndp -er. 
have filed an application to BC um, uh, Elections BC about some questionable financing uh, regulation uh, misses on their disclosure statement. So, okay, now you've got a party who sees an opportunity because uh, uh, on the, I would say, I, you know, bills on that party, I, I see them as somewhat right of center, um, but they would argue with me on that, but I would say them as fiscal conservatives uh, team. And then you have uh, one city who is getting funded by all the unions and all those groups, uh, major funding. They've come out clearly, all those funders, that they're not going to support anybody else but one city. We're talking a lot of money for one city for the next election. Who's uh, the leader Christine, of one city? Well, it'll be Christine Boyle. I think she's she's not saying it, but I'm pre- they're, they're they're making Check. it clear they want her. I was just her. setting you up there to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll have yeah. Christine Boyle versus Ken Sim if he decides to run again. Um, yeah. And uh, probably a third party that will split the right. And so there's a good chance that Christine Boyle could win the next election because of... ABC's will, unwillingness to do some tough decisions that people were expecting from a party that is considered, you know, center, right of center. Like what? Cuts. Cuts to some of the, you know, programs that are ridiculous at City Hall. All the money that goes into like what? The environmental stuff, for example. We don't even know how much money. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. You know, the environment stuff is important, no, but no. what role does the city play in this, right? And how much money is yeah. being spent, which is now managed out of the city manager's office. It's millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think I would bet, peg it around 40 to $50 million is being spent on the what we're called the greenest city uh, initiatives. Um, and they have not cut those things at all. I would how say the housing- How do you cut those things? Just out of curiosity, because there's we often talk about how- um, the mayor goes in thinking, I'm going to do all these things. And then you get into office and you realize I can't actually do most of those things. <laughs> like, can can the mayor cut those things or does it have to be a consensus in councils? Therefore, because ABC does have a majority in council, they could make this happen pretty easily and swiftly. Oh, yeah. okay. You simply Just- say, yeah, no, you say to the departments uh, and I would say the city manager's department and the finance department, you need to cut your budget by 20 percent. And where are you going to find that? What are the things that you can get rid of? And right. here's where we will support you uh, as a council. You know, right. uh, they would, you have access to all this information as a council. So you can have conversations with them saying, look, we're going to, you know, you have to, you have to prioritize. What What does ABC prioritize? Right. I think is the question. And staff follow that. I don't see any priority of what they're trying to achieve. Is it housing? Yeah, sure. But now they're getting bad marks for that. They haven't achieved much. They've sure they've done stuff that, you know, looks like it's a big deal, but the results of which we won't see for years and years. Um, right. But, you know, so they, they haven't won that one either. I mean, that's an impossible one to win at as a city council. So with regard, just because sometimes, George, when you and I talk about stuff on this little podcast, uh, it actually lands in a place that gets a little more attention. So I, I want to <laughs> get, I want to get really specific about this. That Yeah. That was a backhanded pat on our collective backs. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if, uh, ABC did go to, for example, the greenest city, whatever environmental department that has millions upon millions of what you just explained and said, mm-hmm. cut your budget by 20%. What would the blowback be of doing that? Like, what Maybe would that, that look like? You like have protests. Who, okay, by all the green people, <laughs> all the green. Yeah. Certainly, Adrian Carr would bring together a group, you know, as she's a fairly strong leader uh well respected so she would galvanize people uh in a big way and so you'd have to take that heat but that can't, yeah. it just doesn't sustain but you'd have to it, push you, back on that with 
here's what Look, we've done with this budget so far that hasn't impacted anything because I am full. I'm all about handing a better world to our children than what we see happening absolutely. right now. I am all about that. At the same time, spending money in the name of doing something and not nothing actually happening from it. Um, so that would be that would be what I would dressing. want as a voter. Yeah. Window yep. dressing. Thank you for giving me exactly the right term there. Mm -hmm. I, as a voter, would want to see the people who want to make the cut explain where they're coming from and the people who say that's the absolute wrong thing to do and here's why. And then somewhere in the middle without it being a three-year-long process to study it before we then go back and collect collectively create a team of people who will then do a spreadsheet that'll take another five million dollars in three more years to tell us what we're doing like that's the problem is we never yep. actually get an answer because people are like spin it mike 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 uh classen is in Klassen. council here in vancouver he yeah. knows where the where things are could be cut he hasn't pushed the, the, this government to do that i don't know why um hmm. and i feel like you know he's written enough stuff you've you had yeah. this thing called city I, uh yeah. caucus a long time ago he he knows that a lot of this is window dressing he knows if you're going to spend 30 million dollars i would i i can tell you that if you were to take take 10 million dollars let's say let's say the worst case it's say it's 50 million dollars that they could find that's being yeah. spent on green initiatives that are really not achieving any results so there's no roi that you know you can find in these most of the initiatives uh at, at within the green action plan and you were to say and give 10 million to engineering to clean up our city how yeah. do you think your popularity might go in that situation as a as a, in the next election if you were to add 10 they added what a couple hundred thousand bucks last year yeah. Wait, you're yeah, your fingers pointing up. You didn't, didn't yeah. give an emoji that time. It should have. I didn't. I was um, looking for I was looking for know, balloons. It, it didn't happen. Maybe I did find you a way would to turn be it the off. most popular party in the history of Vancouver. If to clean everywhere this they town went, up? they saw no flowers kidding. and they saw yeah, you know, every single intersection had and everything was clean and there was no yeah. graffiti anywhere. And it felt Wouldn't safer and the parks were nice and and there was you would the popularity would skyrocket. And that You'd doesn't fall under well the greenest the, city thing. That doesn't no, oh, no ironically stuff. yeah I, I love the the name that's the tricky thing no no the green is it's really about you Not know there's so many different history. aspects in fact what are what is the greenest city you know it's more like a competition to tick boxes in international competitions right, right. i think there if you want to you know squamish for example if you really want to make a difference when it comes to because the best thing we can do when we talk about affordability yeah we talk about housing which is still the number one issue people care about i certainly as a parent you're a parent where's our you know my kids my son's paying $2,000 a month for a basement suite. You know, it's close to where you live. It's, the, the windows are like two, you know, they're up, it's underground. <laughs> and it's a nice place, but it's, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, $2,000 you know, a month for a basement suite is a lot of money. A lot of money. And they struggle. And uh, so, you know, the Squamish made a decision to uh, not have public hearings for social or affordable housing initiatives. Like, right. I, I right. don't know the exact details. It just came out. This is a big deal to get rid of the public hearing process in a specific, you know, rezoning or building of homes because people always have opinions about this. And so I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but if you really want to fast track things, absolutely get rid of the public hearing process. It's not very democratic, but guess what? We have an election every four years. You can, you know, change, you know, change your government. Uh, so if you really want to make a difference in housing, you got to make brave decisions like that. That's going to be very, it's going to make a lot of people mad in Squamish if that, if that continues, that goes through, but it's going to make a lot of possibilities for housing happen. So what's going to be the win for those politicians that make that tough decision to get rid of something in order to do this other thing. 
And again, I don't see, I haven't seen anything that's been you know, that like, uh, like in Vancouver uh, this past year that has made me really go, wow, they're really making a difference. They've, they have done some things that are impressive, but they're kind of like too, too in the weeds for people. Well, the whole one week, one month, one year, that permitting thing that nobody is saying is actually working. Um, the discussions like the... Mm. We're just, we need to upzone all of Shaughnessy. Okay. Yeah, that's today. Oh. But none of that is going to make for affordable no. housing. A Shaughnessy apartment it's, is not going to, not going to be a $500 a month studio apartment. No, this is like, it's this, just, no, it's, it's, this is a PR initiative by Christine Boyle. That's an unfortunate city. PR initiative by Christine Boyle. Cause I think no. the, the want, the want for housing shouldn't be, you know, cluttered by, um, things that, that young people, frankly, people that don't really engage in municipal politics, people who, who, you know, are trying to catch up on what's going on would say, of course, we need to upzone all of Shaughnessy. Get, let's get the mansion, get the white people, whatever it is, whatever, because mm -hmm. it is white mansion people, you know, but I go back to what you said on this podcast. I don't know how many episodes in are we, uh, I think it would, might've been epi right? episode mm -hmm. one. 234 weeks ago, you said, you know what would help? Because we were talking about Oppenheimer Park. You said what would help is to take land that the city already owns and put housing on it. Yeah. You don't need permitting and da-da-da and public hearing and yada-da on the property that the city already owns, you know, and we why can't can the city be its own? It, yeah. Why can't yeah. the city be its own developer? Hire well, the people, yeah, build the, the things. Absolutely. Right? There's, there's, we don't even know. We don't even have an inventory of the land that you can That's see publicly nuts. of what's available. And, and not only that though, you think, okay, Shaughnessy, we went through a whole process when I was there of Shaughnessy and we, we did upzone Shaughnessy. There is a significant amount of upzoning and ability yeah. to have multiple units on those sites. People just choose that not to do it. Right. This is the challenge is you there. And, and Colleen Hardwick and team kind of talked about this. They, they would talk about how there is zoning in place. There is we don't need to add more zoning in the city. And it was seen as quite a negative. And it is, it was kind of, it's true, kind of. Um, but the problem is, and it's true, is that the process is is flawed. You have all this zoning and all this stuff that's approved across the city. Um, you know, you could do uh, basement suites in anywhere you want in Vancouver. You, that was already allowed. You can do laneway houses anywhere in Vancouver if you want and you can afford it. But the problem is you spend $100,000 on fees to get a laneway house. So why would you do it? This is the problem, not about zoning and not about changing Shaughnessy. You just go to East Vancouver and look at every single Vancouver special that's already pretty much pre-zoned to be built on with multiple units. If you just go and apply, you can get it. But going and applying takes you Pause. four years. Yeah, and, cost, and, cost. and by the way, while dollars. while you're waiting, you're going to pay highest and best use property tax and plus and also and blah blah blah. Yeah. It's if just, nobody's living in there, you have to pay the empty homes tax. But right. you can have somebody live there because you're trying to because you can't evict them because the province will let you evict anybody. <laughs> and yet the province, on the other hand, is going. We need. We need. We're we're taking over this file. We're going right. to make upzoning happen across the region. 
And so you got former mayor Bob Bowes in Surrey going, whoa, 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 province. You're, this is a story that came out this morning about him saying, look, this is the guy who was a mayor for seven, 10 years, I think, yeah. in the 90s to the early 2000s. Um, he lost to Doug McCallum the first time Doug McCallum, well, not the first time he ran, but the first time he won. This guy's going, okay, police, housing, what else is the province going to usurp cities' decision-making over? This is not, yeah. this, and I've talked about this as well with you. We've talked about this, that this is a slippery slope by the province slowly creeping into city issues. And it, while valid on some issues, just, like, say, you're just and making you you're do, too slow. You yeah. do say that municipalities serve at the behest the pleasure. of the yes. pleasure of the province. So they're an appendage. if they're failing, which I would suggest that what's happening in Surrey right now is a failure on behalf of the leadership mm -hmm. there to just sit in utter acrimony. It's the ugliest divorce, political divorce yeah. ever. Um, and they're fighting over who gets the kids or who's whatever. It's like, and in the meantime, nothing's getting done. I know. And that is a really rapidly growing part of our province. And it will turn into an absolute shit show if it doesn't get righted soon. Like I would argue that of all of the things that we see where the municipal government is being pushed, I think that there is a relevant reason, public safety reason for that to be pushed. And that doesn't, that's not aligning with SPS or RCMP, just the chaos of neither is <laughs> politics. unbelievable. Politics. It is politics, but at, at some point you have to say, fix it. Like, okay, enough now We the, the tools like that. How many announcements have come from the province to say, and you will fix it now. And then, then nothing changes. Yeah, I know. And, and so, we've talked about this, trying to get into the mind of uh, Mayor Locke in Surrey. And I've said, I think it's, I've always said it's because money. she sees the, it's the money. She knows what it's going to cost them. And they're, yeah. and Bob Bowes, one of the quotes, he said, this is a plan that, that Doug McCallum, a budget he, he wrote on the back of, a, back of a napkin. And I've said that too, in a lot of ways. I've said, no way is that police force going to cost what they're saying it's going to cost. Totally, Just look but at Vancouver. Provincial, but the provincial government has also said, there's no more money than what we put on the table. And for them to say that publicly and then have her say, well, I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to take you to this. I'm going to da, da, da. I'm going to human rights. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. They can't, if they turn around and change that, that sets a new precedent. So now when they say no more money, that actually means there is more money. Like, I think it's just, yeah. and I, I, the money that they're talking about is all our money. Like, so well, there's not the people that yes are like no. the province needs to give more money. It's like, it's going to cost what it's going to cost. And it's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be painful for Surrey it's at painful. the end of the day. And you so Brenda Locke, I think Brenda Locke, I think that she's on she's on the winning side right now. I think the momentum's on her side. I really do. From a political from a political point of view. Yeah. Not a not a from logical a safety, point of view. From a logic yeah, and public safety and no, leadership point of view, I think the politics. way she is governing, the way she is doing this is toxic to municipal governments across the province, if not the country. I think that sitting as the chair of the police board and then refusing to move forward on the recommendations of that board is toxic to the community period i'm not in politics and what you said off the top about this is why people don't go into politics when people come to me and say jody you'd be a great city councillor you should get into politics <laughs> i'm like ah, you could literally not pay me enough not whereas i see why she's doing it 
Oh, no, I would, I'm just giving I, you my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you no, already no, told you, me you think she's we're, right. This is why we're different. <laughs> right. Different. But you said, I agree I with go, her. I think she's on the right side. And then I got to rebut. And that's it. Yes, so we don't no, need to go I, back I, to the mansplain part of it. I'm good. No, no, I, I understand get, I, your part. I get the opportunity that she's going for, though. And I and I think it'll be interesting to watch as, as this evolves and devolves in Surrey. Because, uh, you know, it's it, when she's got somebody on the left, and I would say Brenda Locke is on the right side of the spectrum politically now she's got a guy on the left saying he's going to support her this is interesting this is getting so when we talk about politics and spin this is getting interesting this is the very, unspun part of know, it is the people of surrey suffer when a leader is as on every level uh, well yeah financially and yeah and potentially yeah. as you say crim with the crime it, it's yeah. a it's an ugly it's situation yep uh, how are we going to finish off here? Because we've only got like two, not even, we got a minute and a half to go to stick to time. Um, can we talk really quickly about Joe Biden um, speaking yeah. with, with Xi Jinping? I mean, is this desperate times for America? Is that what this is about? Like they've really, without China and the, given the economy, China also suffering two superpowers. You, you know, I think, I think, you know, he's China's going Russia. Yeah, they're good, but they don't. Us, we don't make as much money out of Russia as we do out of America. We yeah. kind of need America. Uh, there's no yeah. way he would have met otherwise. And so we have these two leaders knowing economically right now when all the, and especially with two wars happening, that China's iffy on where they stand on that. If, you know, maybe they're not iffy, uh, but they certainly aren't aligned um, and they're funding the wrong side in our minds, probably. Um, and America's on the other side. Um so beyond the, that stuff, economically, uh, both of them need the cash. They need yeah. uh, ways to help each other uh, through what is going to be, as I mentioned earlier, a crappy couple of years ahead uh, yeah. for us as we all struggle. Certainly me as a small business owner, you as a, a freelancer, you know, we feel it. We feel this when you're totally. out there and you're not a paid staff person and you don't have to worry about where your paycheck comes from. You know, but if you worry and how you, you're out there grinding it like Jody and I do, you, see, you know, there's a problem out there. Yeah, it is. And as you forecasted with a outright recession sort of being um, predicted, we're, we're pushing our way into it. Sorry for people listening on earbuds, but there's really no way to explain the feeling of, you know, coming into COVID, we were all like, oh God, what does this mean? And then we're like, oh, actually it's okay because of all the injection of cash. And then now it's it's come up in time and yeah. everything slows to a crawl i definitely am am being more mindful about the way i spend my money and and what my my plans are i for years found myself very fortunate to be able to go into a grocery store and just buy what i need and now i go into the grocery store and buy what i can afford and that's different you know that one bag of groceries sure, no, used fun. to be four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So everybody's feeling it in their own way, and certainly you and I can look at each other and and know that we are very fortunate and and even in our current positions that are stressful, that the people who were living paycheck to paycheck before this all started are struggling incredibly. And I think that yeah. that brings us back to what the federal government, provincial government, and municipal government should be paying attention to is the fact that the food bank use has gone up 200%, right? Like it's it's tough times for people. And if if the current governments, 
across the board don't really try and give some relief to those who need it most there's going to be a serious you point out all the time george the pendulum will swing all the way the other way mm -hmm. so there you is go. that a positive note no no how do we how do we lighten up things <laughs> how do you find christmas george is coming Adlick? oh god no, thanks the george songs were already being played this morning is on, the way to on school. twitter oh gosh <laughs> chocolate commercials um yeah brad pitt mm. selling coffee i'm okay with though oddly <laughs> uh you can find george on his twitter at george underscore affleck i am at jody vance um the campaign you where can people find out more about campaign university the I think cam really cool. yeah the, the campaign university.com okay the campaign university.com say goodbye george it was nice arguing with you today on this <laughs> fun bye-bye